0: Paid for by Airtime Media.
1: Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on! How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez
2: here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern, Sports Byline, a broadcasting network, twitch.tv slash F4W video, and of course, the Mightier 1090, covering all of Southern California. We got a lot of news to get into here today. It's a It's a busy day, but in some ways, at least in terms of what there is to watch tonight, it's not as busy a day as usual. There is no AEW on TNT tonight. Now, if you want to watch part one of All Out, you can in fact watch that on AEW's YouTube channel tonight. But on national television, the only thing that you can watch this evening is NXT. And tonight on the NXT show, USA Network, Pat McAfee will have a face-to-face with Adam Cole. We got a North American Championship ladder match qualifying match. Johnny Gargano will face Ridge Holland. We also have Finn Balor versus the Velveteen Dream with the winner ending up in the ladder match. And Breezango will be facing Legato Del Fantasma. They'll be teaming up with Isaiah Swerve Scott in a six-man. That is the lineup for tonight. It is the go-home show for NXT TakeOver, which is this weekend, which will in fact be from the WWE Performance Center Unlike SmackDown and SummerSlam, which will be from the Thunderdome. We get to see that on Friday night, so I can't wait. I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I'm certainly excited to see what the Thunderdome is coming up on Friday. We got a lot of news, including the departure of Renee Young from WWE. We have Raw ratings from Monday. Triple H did a conference call, talked about a lot of different issues, including the Velveteen Dream, and so much more. If you'd like to text us here today, the phone number 425 780 7566. That is 425 780 7566. No phone calls today, but there will be a phone call in the final segment with our guest today, Clark Connors of New Japan. Talking in JPW Strong and so much more. Back in a moment to kick it off, Wrestling Observer Live.
3: Tired of the same old hat? Coveragegear.com is the top destination to find the hats and gear you need to represent your favorite pro teams and players. Head to coveragegear.com with the promo code radio and grab a cap with the iconic jersey number of the all-time greats and current stars from the NBA, NFL, MLB, and more. These classic hats come in the font and style of the Superstars team. So with the number 30 from Golden State, number two from the Yankees, number 23 from the Bulls, or at number 12 from the Packers, CoverageGear.com will help you honor the legends of yesterday and today. Check out our collection of dad hats, trucker caps, beanies, stickers, and more. Use promo code RADIO and get 20% off. That's promo code RADIO at CoverageGear.com. CoverageGear.com, we've got you covered. Go to brightsidetaxrelief.com now. Hey, Mike, how's the house coming along? <sighs> Needs a ton of work. The pipes are leaking. Needs a new roof. The AC just broke. I just don't have time to do it all myself. You know anyone? Oh, just ask HomeAdvisor.
4: They match you with the best local pros for any home project.
3: Cool. Yeah, you can read reviews and book appointments online. What's it cost? Actually, HomeAdvisor is always free to use. Nice. I'll check it out.
4: Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free
1: app. HomeAdvisor. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back at the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. A lot of news today. And then Clark Connors joining us in the final segment of the show. But first, this sports website Outlook, Outkick, reported Wednesday. Renee Young is leaving WWE. W Insider Dave Meltzer, myself, all confirmed this report. She gave notice a week ago. There is no date for when she is finishing up with the company, nor where she might be going, but she is expected to be working SummerSlam this weekend. 34-year-old Canadian signed in 2012 after working with what is now Sportsnet 360 on Right After Wrestling, a pro wrestling show with Mara Ronaldo, Ardo Cal, and Jimmy Cordero. She's done a myriad of on-screen work in her eight years with WWE. Including commentating, backstage interviewing, host for studio shows like WWE Backstage, and various pre and post shows. She became the first woman to do commentary for an entire episode of Raw in 2018, a role she took on full time until being moved to SmackDown as a special contributor, et cetera, et cetera. Married, obviously, to John Moxley, living in Vegas, writing a cookbook at the moment. So, Renee was the greatest, with the exception of commentary. It was incredible that they had somebody who was so good at a certain job. But then they decided, well, we've got to have a woman on commentary. And so we're going to move Renee Young away from a position that she excels at. And we're going to have her do commentary. And we're going to yell at her. And we're going to do whatever. And, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that she hated the job. And thankfully, finally, they got her off of that job. But it's just, it's another one of those WWE things they do, and it's not just Renee Young, but it's all over the place. You know, they want they want a certain thing here. They want a certain thing there. They they put somebody that matches what they want in that position, but that's not the person's ideal role. You know, a, someone who's great on commentary, well, we got to move them off commentary. Someone who's not good at commentary, we've got to move them on commentary because we want this, we want that. It's like, in in an actual business, and actually this is not the case, because, I mean, everybody I'm sure works here and there's a business like this. Maybe the one you work for, but, you know, we we got to put someone into this position, but they're not suited for the position, but we got to give them this promotion anyway, and they suck at it, and now everything's worse. Don't raise your hand, Mike. Oh, sorry. So anyway, she's gone, and... I want to add that I don't know if this is part of it, but, I mean, come on, everybody. This deal where she ended up with COVID and nobody called and they didn't want her to talk about it and they were angry at her and others for tweeting about it. It's like, dude, I mean, all I'll say is, I don't know if that's the entire reason. I'm sure probably the reason is she's got a really good offer somewhere else. I don't know that, but I would presume that. But, you know, my guess is that anybody who was a part of that coronavirus disaster, and there were like 38 people, I think, at last count. I mean, anybody involved with that that has an offer somewhere else, they're probably also getting out of there. It was a disaster. I don't think people, I I mean, some people understand, but, you know, the diehards that want to defend everything, I don't think people understand what a complete disaster This coronavirus outbreak was for a thousand different reasons. So, anyway, that's the story with Renee Young. I wish her all the best. I hope she shows up on like ESPN or whatever. I know everyone wants her to go to AEW, but you know, if there's like a a great spot at ESPN, I hope we see her there doing something. She's extraordinarily talented, and now she is free to do whatever she wants.
5: Yeah, this is no offense to AEW because she would be a great backstage interviewer or a host to the show, and it's no offense to Alex Marvez or anybody else that's there, but she is great at what she does, and because of that and because of her hockey fandom and her seeming like sports and her uh, charisma outside of the wrestling field and her attractiveness outside of the wrestling field, you know, sports is just screaming and calling for her. And I hope that an ESPN or a, a Rogers Sportsnet or whoever it is can grab their hooks into her and give her the opportunity to do more than just wrestling. And just to take it back to something that you said about the whole, you know, square peg and around round hole thing, not only did they take her and put her in a position where she was... Seemingly uncomfortable, and that she was not experienced or ready to be in whatsoever. Then they have the forced interaction of the the forced banter between her and Corey that they have to have. Every announced team has got to be a protagonist and an antagonist, and then just some goofball in the middle. And it's unfortunate that they they did that. But with that said, at least they knew that they made a mistake and finally. Finally, they actually took her out of that and put her back to where she was actually best suited and best for the program.
2: Now, this is going all the way back to 2001, but do you know that Jonathan Coachman debuted in WWE in like 2001? And he was a backstage interview guy. Now, for some of you that are too young to remember that period, maybe you just started watching wrestling and I don't know, whatever, five, ten years ago. You saw Coachman on commentary He was absolutely god-awful, okay? He was so good as a backstage interviewer for WWE. He was so good at that job. You know who else was actually really good at the job of backstage interviewer? Was Michael Cole. But, again, they decided that Jim Ross is too old. He needs to be replaced. Let's take this backstage interview guy who... You know, he actually worked he was a legitimate journalist. I think he was in he was doing uh, correspondence for the Gulf War. Let's throw him on commentary to, to call wrestling matches. And like he's he's never he's never been as good as the best guys. And Coach was excellent at his job backstage, but that was another one. Well, we need this guy to do commentary. Now, granted, like later on you've got like Nigel McGinnis, you've got all these guys that actually could be great at commentary, but we gotta have Coach out there to be doing commentary. They do this all the time. Everybody, it's more important for them to have whatever they want on television than to actually put people in slots where they're actually the best at doing that job.
5: Hey, look, granted, they he played into it uh, to the nth degree and and still continues to. But like, at his time away from WWE, Jonathan Coachman was teamed up with, I think it was Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and was great. I mean, he was great. All of those things that made him a good a good sports personality and a good host and somebody who was actually in demand by other places like the Golf Network, and I know he had the deal, got the deal with Madden to do. I mean, like, all of those things that make you attractive outside WWE are the things that they will try to pull you away from or bring out a worse side of you to offset that stuff, and they did that with Jonathan Coachman because everybody's got to be the worst type of personality and again the announcers and this goes to something that we talked about yesterday with like Tom Phillips nobody's got any credibility referees don't have any credibility in new japan uh they they occasionally have it in AEW no announcer has got any credibility at all in, in in WWE, and it's just it's painful. And they have to turn everybody into this goofball cartoon character because Vince McMahon's got his hand shoved up their rear end when they're out there doing shows, and he gets off on it, and he thinks it's amusing to have them all kind of snipe at each other or come across as morons.
2: Ron Monday night, 1.64 million viewers, a 0.48 in 18 to 49 audience down 5% from last week. 18 to 49 was up 2%. 18 to 34 was down 27%. It was the fourth lowest number ever at 18 to 49. First two hours, 1.73 million. Second hour, 1.70 million. Third hour, 1.50 million. Obviously, the Democratic National Convention was, I believe, going head to head with the third hour of Raw. And. I mean, maybe you can say that that's part of the reason that that hour did 1.5 million. But guess what? Within the last month, the third hour has been did worse than that without a Democratic national convention. So I'm not sure how much that actually affected the show. As compared to the same week last year, Raw was down 35% in viewers, 41% in 18 to 49, and 51% In 18-34. to And what is not mentioned here is... Two years ago... Two years ago this week... Raw averaged... 3 million viewers. I'm not talking 2014. I'm not talking 2010. I'm not talking 2001. I'm talking in 2018. This week in 2018... Raw did 3 million viewers... And in two years, they are down to 1.64 million viewers. They have lost almost half, half of their audience in two years. I don't want to hear that everything in TV is down because nothing has lost half of its audience in two years. We're going to do a break. Back in a moment, everybody, with much, much more Wrestling Observer Live.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back here in the show, Brian
2: Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. More news, and then maybe we'll have some time for some feedback before Clark Connors joins us here today. On Wednesday, Triple H had a very exciting conference call. He was asked about their recent Velveteen Dream investigation. He discussed in an interview with CBS, and if they had talked to the accuser, he did not answer the question. That's because they didn't. Standing by what he said on CBS, sing the company takes those accusations very seriously. And he acknowledged, ah, that was all he said about it. That was it. Now we're moving to another paragraph here. This is from WrestlingObserver.com here. There will so, be a draft, he said, while answering a question about talent mixing between brands.
5: Wait a second, go back to the other one. There's nothing else just, to say. That's all he said. I know, and that's what – that's the, every tweet you'll see, every uh, uh, portion you're going to – the biggest thing that's going to stick out is, well, we already answered it. we got to move on, which is causing now everybody to bring up the evidence that is supposedly out there against Velveteen Dream, and it is – it will be interesting to see how this thing plays out because it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon, and it'll be, again, they, the the Velveteen Dream should be very happy right now. I don't think that there's any fans inside of that building, the way things are going, and, and WWE should be happy with that too.
2: And then he was asked about what matters on Wednesdays, ratings, demos, or something else. He said NXT matters, and that while he sees all the arguing about the fan bases, how they how they interpret data is a lot different, and he cares about his company and their fan base. first. If ever there was a more honest answer, we interpret this data differently than everybody else. I haven't heard one.
5: They've got the very best data.
2: I also have this. New details have emerged. Attempted kidnapping of Sonia Deville. This is a real kidnapping, by the way, not an NXT angle. Deville filed and was granted a petition for a temporary injunction against stalking violence. That should be like a permanent injunction against stalking violence. On Monday, further detailing the incident with alleged stalker and would-be kidnapper, Philip Arnold Thomas II, I realize it says alleged here, but according to these news stories, he admitted it when the cops showed up. He remains in jail, charged with three felonies, including armed kidnapping. He faces a criminal mischief misdemeanor charge, has a hearing on Thursday. In the petition, DeVille said that after she went to bed, she was awakened by a security alarm and alerted that a sliding door that led to her lanai was open. She then awakened her house guest, better known as Mandy Rose. DeVille went to check on the sliding door and said that as she was ensuring the door was locked, she looked up and saw Thomas. DeVille asked, or said that she asked him, what are you doing, what do you want? At which point he began walking toward her. That is when I realized this person was not here to rob me, he was here to hurt me, the petition said. Thomas was armed with a knife and pepper spray when he approached DeVille. DeVille then told Rose, there's a man in the house, we have to go. They fled the home and called 911. DeVille said she later saw in home security footage that Thomas had followed her into the house, but he thought I ran up the stairs, leaving me and my friend just enough time to escape. Sheriff deputies gave... Thomas' name to DeVille, who then searched her social media accounts for messages from him, of which she found hundreds. The nature of the messages from this account were obsessive, suicidal, idolizing, saying, You are the only person I will ever love. She also described a second account that also appeared to belong to him, which sent similar messages. One such message read, I found your home address. She said she received a message from the second account Sunday at 12.16 a.m., just hours before the incident at her home. DeVille says the last message read, Look outside, baby, by your pool. I'm here. I'm going to kill that little bee you have inside with you. DeVille also described receiving messages from the second account that included threats of decapitating her friends and family, describing individuals by name. DeVille wrote that she received explicit messages and one graphic sexual photo from the account, and that's it. So those were details this I didn't need to hear.
5: Psychopathic incel. That's not. That's one of the things that's not being talked about enough. Is Mandy Rose was going to be the one chopped up by this guy, or just is just it is an awful, horrible, terrible, just just disgusting story, and. You know, I don't know what WWE can do for their independent contractors, but any assistance that they can give them as far as security goes would really be nice. And this is just a reminder on how. The line is and how easily that somebody could be touched or gotten to by some psychopath like this. And it is unfortunate that there are rules in this country that basically allow this type of stuff to go on until the point where somebody is actually violently, you know, hurt or possibly killed Uh, because there's only so much the police can do until somebody actually touches someone or something like that. But all of these texts, all of the social media, all of this sort of stuff, all of this disgusting actions – Hopefully it will raise some awareness to this again and just a reminder on, you know, people and to check your actions and to check the actions of others when they start getting into this type of this type of realm. And it's awful. And to remember that these people, you don't see what these people go through. And I know there's always somebody, you know, you talk about a Seth Rollins lashing out at fans or whatever, but like you don't see. What some of these people go through. I mean, we talk about it with kids at school, you know, with being, you know, they don't people don't realize the amount of bullying that they go through. And that's, you know, can be your kid on a small scale in a small community. Can you imagine what somebody of, of name goes through, whether in athletics or politics or entertainment or anything? it's just it's horrible it's just this is the worst of humanity and it's just awful and these two wrestling a match on sunday i don't know how they're going to get through it but i'm you know it's just all the the kayfabe aside and all the wrestling aside just as people god i I, whatever is the best for them uh, i hope they go ahead and do it on sunday and if they decide to have the match and go through with it and to have to get their minds and gets back some normalcy then, uh, you know, I'm all for it. But whatever they decide is is going to be good with me.
2: Frenier says, It's weird that the news of a possible Talking Smack revival and Renee Young leaving WWE broke on the same day. I just want to say I don't want a Talking Smack if Renee Young and Daniel Bryan aren't the hosts. Well, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but, dude, I've followed WWE long enough I've seen what they've done when people are on their way out. I bet you anything that the whole idea of reviving this was to try to get her not to quit. Okay? Now, I have not talked to Renee Young. I don't know anything. But I do know this. Okay? I have a brain. So that Talking Smack was a show that everybody loved. And then one day Vince decided, it's too inside. I don't like this. He axed it. It was done. Okay? Okay? Have you guys have been paying attention to Vince McMahon lately? I mean, if you're Renee Young, who's not a dummy, like if you've got if you've got one brain cell, you actually believe, you actually trust Vince McMahon that he's gonna bring the show back, sign you to a three year deal, five year deal, or whatever, and you're gonna be happily doing that job without any input from Vince McMahon, or Vince McMahon freaking out and deciding he doesn't like the show and can't You actually believe that? If anybody believes that dude, have I got a bridge for you? I got a lot of stuff I could sell you. Nobody in their right mind, nobody in their right mind should re-sign a deal with the expectation that whatever they're promised, they're actually going to get. Because how many people have gotten it? Anderson and Gallows? I mean, they were offered all sorts of things when they came back. Next thing you know, they're Were they complaining about doing jobs as the tag team champions to to Drew McIntyre? I mean, dude, this happens all the time. What do you think, like, uh, 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 Daniel Bryan's buddy, what's his name? Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak. What do you think that guy was promised to come back? Uh, Probably a lot. I'm sure he was promised something. Like, he quit and he was ready to go. And whatever they said, he decided to come back and look where that guy is now. He got, like, three else. weeks on television. They've buried him six weeks, the six feet under. I mean, come on. We've seen this a thousand times.
5: <laughs> the Renee Young thing, too, I mean, it sucks to lose her because she was really talented, but it's not like for talking smack like Charlie Caruso or Kyla, Kayla Braxton or Mackenzie Mitchell wouldn't be fine in the role, especially Charlie Caruso, so... I know, I mean, the dynamic between Brian Danielson and Renee on that show and that show when it was going on, I thought was great. But if they decide to do a Charlie and, and, and somebody, Daniel Bryan or whoever it is, it's not like it's the end of the world or anything like that, especially for what the show is. Thank God it's not the bump or Brian would never see it. Why is NXT
2: Takeover not happening in the Thunderdome? Takeovers have always suited best in big buildings. I initially thought they had a rented full sale, but the show's taking place in the Performance Center. It makes no sense. Dude, as far as I know, the only shows in the Thunderdome are Raw and SmackDown, which is funny because the Thunderdome exists because of AEW's building, and they're not putting the show head-to-head with AEW in the Thunderdome. I don't know. Back in a moment with Clark Connors, Observer Live.
3: A strong immune system is one of the best ways to reduce the risk of infection. August is Immunization Awareness Month, time to learn about diseases like cervical cancer and meningococcal disease. Here's Washington Representative and Women in Government Board Vice Chair Cindy Ryu.
6: The CDC finds as many as 50,000 adults die from vaccine-preventable diseases each year. Talk with your doctor about these diseases and get your family up to date on their vaccines. For more, visit womeningovernment.org. Oh, oh, oh O'Reilly.
0: if you knew there was an energy shot that also helped you lose weight, would you try it? Real Ketones Keto Energy Shots give you sustained energy without
4: the sugar jitters or crash. That's why Keto Energy Shots constantly get five-star reviews. The secret is our patented all-natural ingredient DBHB. This powerful ingredient revs up your metabolism and turns your body into a fat burning machine in only minutes. Feel energized while shredding unwanted pounds. Pull into a CVS now and look for Keto Energy Shots in the weight loss aisle. Or go to Real Ketones Finding the next job is a big job, and that part of what you do is a little tough right now. Because of that, Lowe's for Pros is here to help. Get $400 in leads on us with a free one-year subscription from Home Advisor to connect to jobs that make sense for you. Sign up at Lowe'sforpros.com slash loyalty to get started. Just one more reason why Lowe's is the new home for pros. Now let's get to work. Subscription and $400 lead credit subject to home advisor's approval and terms. Valid for new home advisor customers only. Lose loyalty required. More terms apply. Valid through 99 U.S. only.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back in the show, Brian Elvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, uh, Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Very happy today to be joined by Clark Connors, New Japan Pro Wrestling and JPW Strong on New Japan World every Friday night. Clark, how you doing?
6: I am doing good. I just got myself a, a quick little break from working out to talk to you, so lucky you guys.
2: Lucky us is right. I'm <laughs> right. Let me tell you something, everybody. I have kind of known Clark for a long time, dating back to, if I recall correctly, is it true? I heard from a a secret source, Clark, that you once taught water aerobics in North Bend. Is that true?
6: I think you caught me there, Brian. You got me there. I I heard that you were the most popular
2: water aerobics teacher in that whole pool.
6: (laughs) That's what I was told. Yeah, yeah, it was me and uh, fifteen or sixteen of North End's finest um, uh, elder stateswomen, and we were getting them in shape. It was a, it was a good time, good time of my life there.
2: I will never forget that story. I was, I <laughs> we have mutual friends, and and I was told, yeah, Clark, he runs a water aerobics class for the for the older ladies, and they never miss class. I was like, man, <laughs> there you go, this guy's a pro. But then here <laughs> you are. I don't know how old are you, Clark.
6: I'm uh 26 going on 27. 26, 20,
2: a young, a young feller here. I don't know if you yes. know this or not, my friend, but but back in the day, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, if you were wrestling, if you started your career around here, like virtually nobody went anywhere. Like the right. Brian Danielsons and the Spankies, like they never even wrestled around here. They like wanted to get in wrestling and they left. So to see a local boy make good, it brings such joy to my heart. I guess let's start at the beginning. How did you first get into wrestling? What made you decide to want to be a wrestler, and where did you start out?
6: Well, uh, so I've always – I started watching WWE and whatnot maybe when I was 12, 13 years old. And so as I got older, I was playing football a lot, and uh, I always thought to myself, well, I'm not going to be a pro football player, but I can go pretty far. So I wanted to do something athletic – and I always thought hey, I'd be pretty good at that wrestling thing. But uh, so I went to college at Cal Poly, uh, played football there. And so before I left, my mom told me she goes, "Well, what school do you want to go to?" I was like, "Well, I I want to go. i want to be a wrestler. I don't want to go to college." She's like, "No, you're gonna go gonna go play football, and you're gonna go get an education. But after you're done, then you know if you still really want to do this wrestling thing, you can go ahead and do it." So I said, "Okay, sounds good." And flash forward about. Four years later, um, two weeks before my graduation, my mom goes, So, Connor uh, Clark, what do you got lined up uh, in terms of a job uh, for yourself after after uh, college is over? And I said, Mom, I'm, I'm going to wrestling school. So that was it for me, and it was off to the races from there.
2: So you were down at uh, Cal Poly. Where did you... How did you enter wrestling? I mean, did you did you just Google local schools? Did you decide you were gonna move somewhere? How did that happen? How did you end up in North Bend?
6: Well, that's the thing. I'm actually originally from. I'm originally from Seattle, North Bend area. I went to uh, Mount Sai High School. Actually, you're a Baffle guy yourself, ah, I think. So, uh, yes, yeah. So I ended. I started there, went to school, and then um, after that, I was like, I looked for some local schools down in San Luis Obispo area, but I realized. There's not much going on down there, so I I'm, I figured if I'm going to train, I actually uh, want to you know to go to the best school. So I went up and sought out Lance Storm, uh, Storm Academy up there in Canada, and so I signed up for his January 2017 session. Yeah. So
2: so you like Lance was just the very beginning. You've done no training. A lot of a lot of Lance's students start from scratch, but others go there because they were trained somewhere and and maybe it wasn't everything they wanted it to be, so they go there as kind of like a finishing school. But that was like your first choice, like, I want to get in wrestling, I'm going to Lance.
6: Yeah, that was the first time I stepped in the ring was, you know, January 2017, and so I was like completely green to the whole thing, but uh, I knew what I wanted to do, and so, yeah, from that point on, I think I excelled pretty well in his class, and it was, like I said, off to the races.
0: Clark, well,
5: I I, I got to ask you, because, I mean, it, the turnaround time is amazing, because I've been watching Japanese wrestling for a long, long time, and there are guys that have been trying to get over to Japan for years and just for whatever reason can't get their fit in. Within a year and a half, you go from Lance's school to being in the New Japan dojo. How did you get from A to B? in such a rapid fashion and what has this been like i mean it seems like kind of a whirlwind and uh you're getting training right from the bottom as if it was carl gotch in the 70s seemingly with it, at this point in your career yeah
6: well i i like to think that it was uh if you if you look at luck as in being in the right place but being prepared preparation plus you know being in the right place at the right time that's what it was it was completely lucky i uh on a whim, just went down with some of the guys I was training with up in Washington down to uh, the New Japan Dojo when they hosted their first ever camp. And uh, I came in with no intention of being signed or any of that. I just wanted to go in there and just see what I could do, you know, see how I stacked up against other people and really learn a little bit about Japanese wrestling, which I hadn't really uh, known too much about in my life. Uh, I was all about American style. Went there, and I think just something clicked in the sense that, what Shibata-san saw in me was everything you want in a Japanese wrestler, and just in terms of discipline and having a lot of heart and spirit, and really giving a crap about uh, about it, and um, and that, and being in good shape, being an athlete, all came together. So really, to me, it's a, I I don't really have um, a comparison of it in terms of being a whirlwind because I'm in it, and it's the only thing I've known. So, yeah, it's been going by quick, but there's a lot of times when it feels like, oh, man, I am stuck in one place uh, just training every single day. So it may seem fast and when I say, oh, it's been a year and a half, but it uh, those days tick by slow, and every day you are in there working your butt off <laughs> and training.
5: What was it like meeting Shibata and not being a fan uh, of Japanese wrestling and a big follower of it growing up? Uh, what were you told about Shibata before you went in and actually had your first interactions with this man?
6: Well, that's that. that's part of the fun was uh, I all I had known about him because, like I said, didn't really know, know a lot about Japanese wrestling was what the guys I was going down to the camp with were telling me. They were like, oh, man, this is going to be something. Like, this guy's intense. And so the first thing I saw when it came to Japanese wrestling was, his match against Okada, his last match, <laughs> with his head bleeding open and he's stumbling in the back. And I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be fun."
2: Dude, he almost died. So,
6: uh, yeah, he—he, he, I mean, it was you know incredible. He's still alive, you know. And so that alone, I was like, "Okay, this will be fun." And we, when he got down there and I met him, it was like, it was like, "Oh, this makes sense. This is what this person's about." But he's not—he wasn't. Uh, necessarily trying to be scary and trying to like show off, you know, and you know, I'm so hardcore, none of that. No, he's he was a good he's a good human being, but at the same time, when it gets down to it, he when he gets in the ring, he's very much like that. So uh so it was a good little mixture of both. So it didn't scare me off right away, but uh in fact I I, I saw him and I was like, okay, this is the kind of guy I want to learn from.
2: You know it's funny, your your story is almost exactly like Carl Frederick's story. He was like, I was in town, hmm. I stopped by Next thing you know, I'm I'm part of the dojo. So I think the key <laughs> to get into New Japan is to not want it and just stop by on a weekend.
6: RS is history. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that might be that might be the secret of the whole thing, right? You don't always get what you want, but sometimes you uh you get what you don't even know you want. So, so when you
2: started training, I've been to Lance's school when it when it still existed, and it was like, I mean, it was spotless. I never saw anything like it. It was the cleanest school I've ever been in. My, you may as well have been in a hospital. So. After starting there, you graduate, you go to your first indie show. I mean, were you just appalled at how filthy this thing was?
6: Well that's the funny part, right? is like i it ended up being that uh it wasn't my first one that I was like, ugh. it was a few it was a couple after that where I was like, oh, this is we're sitting in the locker room locker room like we're in uh, we're in a basement somewhere." but uh, yeah, it, it was funny, actually, story about my first show. Uh, it was down in Oregon, in Hermiston, Oregon. I drove down for a, uh, well, it was a new promotion. It was their first ever show, uh, Prestige Wrestling down there. Oh, yeah. And, and, um, they're doing some good things now from last I saw, but yeah, it was their first show. And it was myself and another kid who trained at, um, at Storm Academy with me. And I was like, so we go there just to help out, you know, just to do the, uh, the young boy things as it's become to know something come to known here in New Japan, but you know, just helping out, just paying our dues. And uh, I guess the show might have started early or something. I don't know exactly why there was a bunch of people sitting on their hands, but the promoter runs up to me and there's like, there's been like 30 minutes of people just sitting around. He goes, Hey, do you want to wrestle a match today? And I go, What? He's like, You want to wrestle a match in front of this crowd? And I'm like, uh yeah I mean I'm not gonna say no I mean I'm scared out of my head and I've never you know I've, I've never done anything even close to that and I go okay so he grabs this other kid once again fresh out of Lance's school and we go out there and we uh we have our first match together in front of this Hermiston crowd and front and their their first ever show they're putting on so the first ever match for this brand new show it's actually. Somehow doing really well now because after that match I I am I'm, I'm surprised not everyone went home, but uh <laughs> wasn't much home to write home about, but it was a hell of an experience, I'll tell you what.
2: Now let me ask this question. It's the obvious question. So you train with Lance Storm, and then you train with Shibata. And <laughs> how would you compare the differences in training from a guy who, you know, he worked American style, WWF, WCW, and then Shibata?
6: <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is, and I think this comes down to just good coaching in general, obviously the, so, a lot of the drills we do with Shibata um, are a lot more Japanese style in the sense that they're meant to build your your fighting spirit and um, more so your your mental fortitude than it is just learning you know technique and basics. Um, and and I also, another, another teacher I had, I had buddy, with, uh, buddy Wayne trained me for a little while as well. So in is I heard
2: he's
6: him, pretty he good. Said, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying. So you couldn't have three different in terms of three almost more different people in terms of wrestling. That's actually that's actually true. When they go out to the ring, you could have got Rip right? Rogers
2: instead of Buddy, but that's about it.
6: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and uh, but at the same time, what it comes down to to me is just uh, it, it's all very structured. It's smart, and they all understand what. Um, They also understand what all good wrestling is based around, in my opinion. Um, So, but in terms of, there was a lot of drills that we did, that we do with Shibata that, uh, yeah, I don't think Lance would incorporate into his stuff, just mainly because I don't think uh, he has people, he had people still paying for him to to come there, or paying them to come there. I don't think people would want to pay to come and do the things that we do with Shibata.
5: (laughs) Who smiled more, Shibata or Lance? Oh, God.
2: That's a great question. The best question anyone's ever asked on this show.
6: Holy yeah, no. You know what? I, it would. If anything, it was maybe a, a half a smile so maybe a one smile. And I and I gotta give it to, I gotta give it to Shibata, actually because he smiles sometimes at, Wow. When we get when we really, <laughs> well, when we really beat the heck out of each other, and it's a proud smile. It's not like he's laughing at anything. It's he's like, okay, these guys are. they maybe they're getting it a little bit. But Lance, it's like the I think, he, Suzuki uh, I think smile. he's forgotten that a long time ago.
2: I can actually believe that. I mean, this is a totally different trainer, but years and years and years ago, I don't know if it was it was Brian Danielson or, or uh, Brian Kendrick, but one of them was on the show. And I was asking about what it was like to train with Shawn Michaels. Because, like, they were in his <laughs> class where Shawn Michaels was their trainer. And I expected, like, him to teach him all this old school stuff and whatever. And they were like, no, he just sits there and we just beat the heck out of each other and he laughs. <laughs> I was like, well, dude, whatever works, whatever Bet- works to become great. Veteran privilege. That's right. So That's you cool. had a, very quickly, we've got about a minute left, but you had a, a tag match on the NJPW Strong. Thought it was great on Friday night. I'm not just saying this because you were here. I said this last week. You were the standout in the match. Any any quick thoughts on that match?
6: Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, realistically for me, um, with New Japan Strong, it's been good to see so far as you saw with the collision. A lot of new faces coming into New Japan and getting their shot to you know compete with the best. So I think I see myself as the, the uh, the guy, the guardian on the river sticks to cross into New Japan. If I'm in the ring with those guys, I'm going to show them what's up. And uh, yeah, I felt good about that match and they're talented guys but yeah, I got to show them uh, how we do it in New Japan.
2: Back in a moment with more everybody, Wrestling Observer Live.
1: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
2: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Clark Connors joining us here today, this Friday night and every Friday night. NJPW Strong. Streaming live, njpwworld.com, all of your New Japan needs at njpwworld.com. It's about an hour every Friday, lots of great matches. We're in the middle of a tournament, the New Japan Cup USA tournament, actually. And, Clark, I guess I was going to send it to you for some plugs, but you don't have anything to plug. You're still a young lion.
6: Yes, sir. Yeah, I was going to say if you want to – Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Facebook, any of them. Uh, you can't. Uh, I don't have any social media. And uh, that started out as a Young Lion thing, but I think uh, I kind of like the whole deal. So maybe uh, maybe everyone else can get on that train, too.
2: <laughs> I was going to say you have not made the wrong decision. I can no, tell you that much fine now. fine idea. But I was wondering if, like, you know, Shibata one day just walks up to you like a, a black belt promotion, and he, he throws some colorful gear at you and says, Now you can tweet! I'm not sure how this process works, but... Someday it's coming, right, Clark?
6: Someday and someday soon, hopefully. Uh, hopefully, the next time I see him, we'll uh, he'll see have what seen what I can do on um, his New Japan Strong every Friday night, and he knows that uh, I'll be ready to go in the big time.
2: Clark, I want to thank you so much for doing the show today. Best of luck with everything. Excellent interview here today, and hopefully, things work out great in New Japan. And that is it, everybody. We'll talk to you again next time. We're here every day, Monday through Friday noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sundays, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. with Jim Valley. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you again next time, Wrestling Observer Live.